Hey, Reveal listeners, if you've been listening to American Rehab, you don't need me to tell you about the importance of great investigative journalism. It really helps us when our listeners rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It's so easy to do, and it helps others find our show. So we've got a bonus for the next 200 people who review us, Reveal Tote Bags. Like our t-shirts, they're simple and elegant, dark blue with the word facts written across the front in bold type. So here's what you got to do. Text the word REVIEW to 474747, and we'll give you instructions on how to get one while supplies last. Again, text the word REVIEW to 474747. You can text STOP at any time, and standard rates apply. And when you leave the review, if you want to tell them that Al Ledson is your all-time favorite host, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to be mad at that. Thank you so much for your review on Apple Podcasts. It makes a huge difference. From the Center for Investigative Reporting and PRX, this is Reveal. I'm Al Ledson. Lance Williams is a reporter at Reveal. One day last year, he was just minding his business out of the office when he got an intriguing tip. And I was having lunch at a restaurant, and a, at the next table was a guy I knew from California politics. He said he knew a guy who knew about a really unusual real estate deal down in Beverly Hills involving the future president. Did I want to know about it? Can I just say that that is like the most gumshoe, hardcore news reporter story I've heard in a while? Well, you know... You're like classic. (laughs) You you never know where a story is going to come from. And sometimes it's just you happen to be at a place and see a guy. It's the kind of tip you just have to follow. And he put us together and away we went. Lance and his reporting partner, Matt Smith, started reviewing public documents. What they showed was that in 2008, future President Donald Trump got a $10 million mansion in Beverly Hills for nothing. Then he turned it around and sold it for $9.5 million a year later. I'm here with Lance and Matt to talk about what they found and what people close to the deal say went down. Let's kind of set the scene and go back a little bit. 2007, 2008, um, who is Donald Trump at this time? Because he's not a political uh, candidate at this point. He's just Donald Trump, the businessman, right? Well, he's the star of The Apprentice, which had been a huge hit. Uh, when it began in the early 2000s. By 2007, the ratings were slumping, and they decided to move it to L.A., hoping to get a boost. He was out here with his wife and new son living up on Mulholland Drive and became kind of a man about town. He even got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame holding his little boy in his arms. That's Barron. He's strong, he's smart, he's tough, he's vicious, he's violent. All of the ingredients you need to be an entrepreneur. And most importantly, hopefully, he's smart. Because smart is really the ingredient. So, Baron, good luck. He's vicious. I've never described my 10-month-old child. Yeah, okay. So he's in L.A., and knowing Donald Trump as we do, I imagine he's spending a lot of time in the Beverly Hills area. Well, you know, he bought a mansion there in 2007, And he spent time at the Beverly Hills Hotel across the street. We know that uh, Stormy Daniels, the uh, exotic film star, says that's where their liaison took place. So, Matt, this property that we're looking at, that we're concerned about, is right across the street from that hotel in Beverly Hills. So this is a really upscale piece of land, right? 
Yeah, 100 yards exactly away from um, his favorite hotel. And it's a big enough deal, this house is, that you can find videos uh, on the Internet. Um, You know, Beverly Hills, so it's palm trees, wide streets. And the house is actually big for the area. Big white house. You could fit a mega church inside it probably. This thing is huge. Swimming pool. Uh, its own tennis court that you uh-huh. could land a helicopter on. Inside is this sort of uh, white 1980s, make everything you can out of marble kind of sensibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything white with uh, with with sort of uh, you know um, uh, King Louis or Versailles type <laughs> touches, chandeliers. Okay, so we've got this beautiful 10 million dollar house. Donald Trump owns it. So what's the problem? Why why are we looking at? Because I imagine Donald Trump has big, beautiful houses like this all over the country. This real estate deals can be complex, but this one was complex in ways that people we talked to have never, ever seen. Tell me how this deal gets started. Like, who owns this property and who'd they sell it to? Sure, it's Beverly Hills, so the house has a great pedigree. For a long time, it was owned by the family of the dictator of Gabon, Omar Bongo. He sold it in, or that family sold it in 07, to Leonard and Selma Fish, they are millionaire real estate investors and also big-time Republican political donors. They spent the night at the White House when George W. was there. Um, and they bought it, held it for a year, never lived in it, uh, but had some parties there, and then moved to flip it. So they put it on the market, and Donald Trump gets it? Yes, but not very directly at all. In the summer of uh, 2008, the Fishes file a deed saying that they've sold the place to a guy called Moklis Gerges, an Egyptian pastor of a little tiny Baptist church, a man who makes $48,000 a year, an unlikely buyer for sure. And six weeks later, Mr. Gerges flips it to a Trump shell corporation for no money. That's what the documents show. So the future president gets a big mansion for free, then what does he do with it? He flips it, like on reality TV. All this seems really, I don't know, out of the ordinary. People involved with this deal, what do they have to say? We got the idea that this wasn't their favorite topic. We reached out to Igor Korbatov, the seller's lawyer. We got no response until we went to the Beverly Hills School Board and spoke to his wife, who is president of the Board of Education and the seller's daughter. After that, Mr. Korbatov said Gerges had been a prospective buyer, but the deal for the mansion fell through. Months later, when Trump bought the house, the wrong deed was filed by mistake, he said. Human error happens all the time, he said. Unfortunately, Mr. Korbatov ignored important questions. How was the mistake discovered? How did Gerges, who had little money and a history of foreclosures and lawsuits, qualified to buy a $10 million home? And how in the world was he persuaded to give up title to the mansion once his name was on the recorded deed? Now, a spokesman for First American Title Insurance said the company was to blame for the mistake, but he declined to answer questions. We interviewed a former escrow officer who worked on the deal but couldn't remember it. But she said she would never have approved filing the deed unless she had seen a sales contract with Gerges' name on it, and only after the money had been received. There are some 
big red flags here. Let's let's take the first one. Who's this Gurgis guy? Malkalus Gurgis is an Egyptian national who uh, touts himself online as a major uh, Middle East pop star. We couldn't find any good evidence of that. Uh, has touted uh, himself to his prisoners at a small church he preached at as a, as a major businessman on the side. That didn't seem to be true either. The Trump organization declined to comment for this story, but how did the other people that are a part of this story, how did they respond to it? Well, Igor Korbatov is the son-in-law and the attorney for the Fishes. Over a period of a couple of months, he sent us several emails. Uh, the gisting was that um, they had prepared a deed to grant the place to Moklis because he was a potential buyer, but that deal fell through. And so at closing to the Trump organization, somebody pulled out this old signed deed and recorded that by mistake. Okay, so I've bought a house before, and when you buy a house, you go down to the title deed uh, office, you sign all these papers, uh, checks are exchanged, all that type of stuff. Um, how do you make that kind of mistake? Uh, because I, you know, I mean, there are people there that are paid to make sure that those type of mistakes don't happen. Sure thing. There are attorneys, agents for buyer and seller, a notary, and everybody's there and everybody's getting paid good money to make sure, number one, that the buyer gets the house. But in this case, the sellers and the title company both say, geez, we just accidentally filed the wrong deed. Is that a possible explanation? Well, no. The, the lawyers we talked to, and some of them I talked to four and five times, they got sick of me calling up. They were laughing at me on the phone when I was saying, well, how could this have happened? And what we spent a good deal of time trying to figure out is, how could you possibly make a mistake that gave away a massive mansion? <laughs> so what's another possible explanation for this weird deal that really doesn't make any sense any which way you look at it. Well, the, the, the thing that just weighed on us more and more uh, with passing months was the elusiveness of an explanation. If you have one implausible aspect of a deal, in this case, Mockless Kyrgyz walking through the door uh, and having a deed written up uh, in his name and, and, and filed, well, that's hard to believe. Um, but one in a million mistakes happen all over the world all the time. Why did it take six weeks to, to correct it? And we're not G-men. We can't get into wire transfers. We weren't able to get into the head of Mokles Gerges. We just simply don't know what happened. We talked to many experts to try and figure this out. One was Ross Delston, a lawyer who consults with the International Monetary Fund on financial crimes. He said he couldn't make sense of the deal from the available information, but he thought it merits scrutiny. Lots of oddities, lots of unusual things here, and enough to get uh, any law enforcement investigation or prosecutor quite excited about all of the anomalies that, that are found in this set of transactions. So tell me, uh, what's going on with the property now? Does Donald J. Trump still own it? No, he only held it for about 11 months and then flipped it, selling it for $9.5 million. By then, the market was in decline because of the economic crisis. Of course, the previous year's reported sale price was around 10, so that's a paper loss anyway. What was it like to report on the story? Well, it was hard slogging. 
we took it as far as we could. What is the broader significance of this story? I mean, what does it tell us about the man who is the president of the United States, Matt? Many of the stories coming out over the course of the past year and a half about Donald Trump's finances, stories like that in The New Yorker, certainly in The Washington Post, uh, certainly in The New York Times about India, the, the Middle East, Eastern Europe, this real estate deal doesn't seem right. Now we have uh, one in the United States uh, and we're trying to unpack it. It's one more exotic, weird deal in his background. It helps inform you about who he is and where he came from. We don't have all the answers yet on this deal. We do have more details in Lance and Matt's story on our website, revealnews.org. If you know anything that can help them uncover more, get in touch with the reporters through our website or leak to us securely at leak.revealnews.org. Our lead producer for this podcast is Suki Lewis. Cheryl Duvall and Andy Donahue share the editing honors. Our production manager is Mwende Anaosa. Our sound design team is the dynamic duo, Jay Breezy, Mr. Jim Briggs, and Fernando, my man, yo, Aruda. They had help this week from the Catwoman Squad, Catherine Raimondo and Kat Chuknick. Our acting CEO is Krista Scharfenberg. Amy Powell's our editor-in-chief. Our executive producer is Kevin Sullivan. Our theme music is by Camarado, Lightning. Support for reveals provided by the Reva and David Logan Foundation, the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation, the Jonathan Logan Family Foundation, the Ford Foundation, the Heising Simons Foundation, and the Ethics and Excellence in Journalism Foundation. Reveal is a co-production of the Center for Investigative Reporting and PRX. I'm Al Letson. And remember... There is always more to the story. 